0: It's another week and another episode of the Granny Panty Podcast. I'm your host, Ruby Lynn. I am so excited that you decided to join this week on a brand new episode. If you'd like to follow me, you can go to Ruby Lynn, that's R U B Y L Y N N E dot com, and also follow the podcast website at www.thegranny.com. Pantypodcast.com. You can find this podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, basically everywhere you can listen to a podcast, you can find us. This week's guest is amazing. I had the pleasure of meeting him a couple months ago at Chicago Exotica. He's worked in the industry of writing, photography, videography. He's an editor, a publisher, all things creative. He's been in this industry a couple of decades, found himself in the adult industry as an adult content photographer, and he's also made that transition into becoming a performer. I can't wait for us both to learn more about David with Angry Pony Media. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I want to welcome David with Angry Pony Media. David, it's such a pleasure to actually be able to sit down and chat with you.
1: Hi, Ruby. I mean, oh my God, like, yes, I've been waiting for this for months now because we first talked about it a couple of months ago. And when you reached out to me, I'm like,
0: yes. Oh, yeah. I had the pleasure of meeting you at Chicago Exotica and was just really drawn to your photography and your work. And the fact that I found out you're also a creator. And so I can't wait to find out today, like, how did this all come about and what your background is? I love your website. Um, You had some quotes on your website that I really liked, and I want to read them for our viewers. You said, my goal is to brutalize produce fresh, weird, fun, and surprising images that capture the contrast and collusion between naughty and nice, feminine and masculine, innocent and corrupt, and artistic and tasteless. So <laughs> I thought that was just amazing. And I'm like, I, of, course, of course, I focused in on the word tasteless. So we'll, uh-huh. we'll talk about that. But first, let's find out who is David? Who? Where, where did this whole adult photography come in?
1: Where did I come from? Um, so, I mean, I will say this. So I've been involved in the creative fields for my entire adult life and probably even earlier. So even when I was, you know, uh, a pimply 15 year old. Um, I definitely had very specific interests. At that time, it was very much uh, about music. Okay. I, was, I was a band nerd in high school. Um, and then also uh, writing, like I thought of myself as sort of this literary sort, which, you know, as you can imagine, when you are a uh, teenager in the 1980s, is not not a good look. Um,
0: <laughs> the nerd, you know, the class it, nerd. At
1: the time, but in retrospect, sort of like acid-washed jeans, you look back and you go, oh, my God. <laughs> um, anyway, that's literally how I ended up going into college. Um, so I first uh, went, I spent my first two years in college at the Berklee College of Music, studying music and songwriting and production and things like that. But then I uh, realized that it was a, a way too of a constricted world for me. So I left there, and I ended up getting my undergrad degree in radio and television production and management uh, at SUNY New Paltz, of all places. Um, which some people might know where it is. Just let's just say it's a New York State run university, and it is in upstate New York in the Hudson Valley. And if, you don't need to know more than that if you don't know. Anyway. Um, so that, that was, that's always sort of been my, my thing. I like the idea of, of, of sound and words and images. And I actually ended up going into a career in book publishing uh, that has now spanned for over 30 years. Wow. But I always keeping the music sort of in the background on one side and the actual writing in the, on the other side. And those kind of kept me sort of balanced you know because when you're doing it's i guess it's sort of like being uh, being a baby doctor right where if it's your job and you and you and you're looking at vaginas all day you know the last thing you want to do is right. think about vaginas when you're not at work right well, the same kind of thing happened to me where, like, because I was in in publishing, I was mm-hmm. dealing with words all day. So it really took away from the word part of my stuff. And then also, you know, because I was raising young family 20 years ago, you know, it took away from the music stuff as well. But as I got older and as I became more independent, more sort of comfortable in my skin, I started going back to the things that creatively would kind of give me some juge mm-hmm. and the one area that I'd always been curious about and wanted to explore, but had never explored in any formal way was photography. Uh, because, uh, and I think I even say this on my website, I like there were certain things I was realizing that couldn't be captured with words. Right. right. And ultimately, you know, there are, there are things that, that, that can be really expressively meaningful that have no actual language attached to them. Mm-hmm. And so photography was sort of a real attraction for me. Now, to sort of open up things beyond the career side of things, also my entire life from the moment of pre-adolescence all the way up to this moment, as I'm talking to you now, um, I've been incredibly interested in all things relating to sex and sexuality Mm -hmm. and sensuality, all of it. You know, I I I'm a 55 year old man now, and um, so I grew up during uh, my my exposure to sex was literally that first wave of the golden age of porn, right? Right. Where right. you know, I was the kid because I'm a Gen Xer. I was the kid who was finding, you know, the 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 dirty magazine, you know, lying on the side of the road or or tucked, you know, in right. your friend's you know, dad's closet bottom drawer underneath the socks or whatever. And so I also grew up in a household that like, there was no shame around sex. Mm-hmm. So um, I grew up in an extremely healthy environment in terms of being able to express myself sexually. That's great. Um, but also I grew up in uh, remarkably enough for, for a 55 year old man in a very sort of woman Um, woman centric environment. And when I say woman centric, I don't mean that I was surrounded by women and I was the only boy. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean that I seem to have this pattern that the women in my life have been remarkably stable and strong and thoughtful and engaged with me and the men in my life Mm -hmm. in terms of my childhood. Mm -hmm. Not. So like I have a really, really um, fiercely uh, independent and strong-willed and smart and thoughtful mom, right? Um, And I can say the same thing for my sister. And I can say the same thing for the many uh, women friends that I've had. (laughs) Literally, like when I was, before I even hit adolescence, I had best friends who were girls, right? You know, and that was just sort of my thing. (laughs) That's amazing. um, so, so when it came kind of circling back, when it came back to the time for me to creatively, you know, how do I want to use my photography in a way that, mm-hmm. that, that is meaningful for me? Of course, the first thing that drew me in was, oh, I, I like nakedness. I like, I, I love sexual expression. I love all of those things. Mm-hmm. But then I also, you know, and I don't want to put too fine of a point on it because this is such a cliche, but right. I love women. And and I don't mean that in an objectifying sort of way. I mean, you know, because of my experience, I and and my fierce and when I say fierce, I don't mean like protective. My fierce heterosexuality, and I'll, and I'll, I'll I'll talk about that more in a few minutes. In that, I'm an extremely cis heterosexual man mm-hmm. who just loves to swim in a sea of queer. Um, but I am I am that sort of weird almost turducken of a, of a man who is simultaneously really, you know, comfortable in my masculinity does not care, you know, or worry about, you know, uh, threats to my masculinity and all of that. But I don't know, there, there's, there's just something about women. anyway So, so that is a, a long sort of expressive way of saying, when I decided I wanted to do a new thing, I knew I wanted to take, provocative images of women um, showing some form of sexual expression or something. Mm-hmm. And that's literally where it started. Um, about 10 years ago is when I started uh, really kind of focusing on photography as a medium. Okay. And at that time, my my I, we were only dating <coughs> at the time. My second <coughs> wife and I, uh, she became one of my first models. Mm-hmm. And so I, I you know, I, I had this opportunity to really sort of explore without the threat of criticism on what i was trying to do so i could get to that point where when i felt that something was good Mm -hmm. then i could be like okay now time to take the next step and so the next step after that was um i i actually went on model mayhem uh at the time and again this is like 10 years ago and i haven't been a member of model mayhem in probably about seven years now but I realized that my next step is that I had to learn from the people I was working with. Gotcha. Right? So I wasn't going to just hire randos off of Fetlife or someplace <laughs> right. else. You know, I wanted to go and pay money to have professional models come in and sit for me. Mm-hmm. And so I could literally see what they were doing behind the camera or in front mm-hmm. of the camera, so to speak, that I could learn from. And that was sort of my next phase. And so I worked with a bunch of models in the Philadelphia area where I live. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I created my own website and started to do little things. I had a page on, um, life, and suddenly the the real sort of turning point, uh, was when, uh, one of the organizers from Exotica reached out to me and this was like about 2015, 2016, something like that. And they were looking to bring in the more local artists and stuff into the Edison Exotica. Mm-hmm. And I was a local, you know, uh, erotic photographer. They, they reached out to me and asked if I'd be interested. And they gave me free booth space and everything like that. I mean, they were really great. And that put me in touch with the entire sort of adult industry. Right. Slug, sex worker world. From that point on, things just took off for me. And uh, so I've been doing what I would refer to as professional erotic photography now for about the last six or seven years. Um, And uh, yeah, so I know I'm talking a lot. No, you're fine. I
0: love it. The story. I'm just like, wow, that is amazing. I feel like your photography, um, your pictures do tell a story because you have a very unique style. And I, I appreciate that. I think it's great. And do you, do you still go to all the Exoticas?
1: I don't go to all the Exoticas anymore. <laughs> um, and I don't have a booth anymore at any mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. Um, for a while, and this is before the pandemic, I was trying to see if I could at least, you know, um, make back any money spent to attend by selling images and doing <laughs> paid photo shoots and stuff like that. And I realized pretty quickly that while I could, I could, I could either sell images and just be a booth dog, or I could actually get to know the community and begin to develop relationships there. So the interim thing for me is I started teaching workshops for Exotica. Okay. And, um, you know, because ultimately I realized that, you know, certainly while I had a booth, I could take the opportunity to begin to sort of begin teaching what I'm learning.
0: Right, right. That's
1: a better word. And those put me in contact with a number of really, really key people. Some of mm-hmm. some of who I won't mention by name only because right. they're no longer in the industry. Um, but there were some fundamental uh, meetings that really kind of shot me off in a direction and in that phase I I began to meet people like I did a photo shoot with Sophia Rose Mm -hmm. probably one of the most uh known bbw Mm -hmm. uh, models and actresses you know around I had the opportunity to work really early with um you know mainstream uh performers like Spencer Bradley Mm -hmm. When I met her at the Chicago Exotica, who was still just a this petite little stripper from Indiana, you know, who was trying to figure out how to get into the business, you know, and now she's represented by Spiegler. And so she was, she's always been just like sort of a, a key mm-hmm. piece in, in my growth. And then the pandemic hit and gosh.
0: The good old pandemic. Well, the beauty about Exotica... <clears throat> I've been to just two of them, but I feel like it really brings together the cam world, the mm-hmm. pro world, the BDSM. It, it's kind of this meld of all the different aspects of adult entertainment, I adult content. And I, that's what I love. I mean, I find Exotica to be one of my favorite events.
1: I, I, would, I, I have to agree with that. Um, and mind you, I haven't been to many others. Like I've never been to AVN, for example. He didn't um, miss
0: anything this year,
1: <laughs> right? They did. They just seem too almost too big, and they're more about the fans than anything. But the thing that I love about Exotica is, like you said, you know, there is sort of like the mainstream porn piece, but it's those individual creators, right. those people who are like trying to build their own brands, build their own thing, that are I just find to just be the most inspiring people to meet. You know, don't get me wrong, like. I don't throw any shade at any corner of the adult industry. Even the stuff that I have sort of professed to myself, I'll never do this, but it's fine that other people are, right? right? You know, like, like I have, I literally have friends who like shoot, you know, damsel in distress videos and, you know, tied and bound videos. And I have no problem with it. I have no interest in doing that type of content.
0: I think all of us creators are like that, though. I mean, you know, there's different types of uh, storylines or things that I won't shoot, but there are people making great money at it. So I'm going to let them have exactly. that quarter. Let me do
1: it. <laughs> yeah. The, there's no competition in my mind. Right? right. We're all we're all trying to do something. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And,
1: you know, uh, when i when i run into people who are clearly competitive my response isn't so much to get all defensive it's just to be like all right you do your thing mm-hmm. i'm going to be over here doing my thing you know because i don't have time for this you know i just there's 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 too much i don't know i i love this industry i can't same, I can't same. tell you enough just how much so many of the people in this world are just Yep.
0: Well, tell me what goes into a shoot. So when a model or creator reaches out to you and I, when I go to your website and I see these photos that are just, they blow my mind and they're each so unique. How, tell me about your process to kind of get inside the model's head, I guess you would say, to find out what, what is it they want to portray and then marry that with your style.
1: Right, right. Well, I mean, as far as, as far as how things develop moving forward, it really depends on how I come into contact with the model to begin with, but I'll get to that in a moment. But one of the first things that I learned pretty early on was, now, full disclosure, I have massive ADHD. So and... do
0: I. <laughs> right? Oh, God, for mushrooms. <laughs>
1: Yes, mushrooms are the best. My wife and I might be doing might be shrooming this weekend. We have we have about 12 grams right now. Anyway, um I learned very early on that I almost immediately feel suffocated in a studio space. So from the beginning almost, mm-hmm. I realized that I needed to shoot in a new environment each time that I shot mm-hmm. that the environment was as much of a, of an inspiration of idea as the model was. Right. So, um, so early on I was doing things like I was renting out like dance studios and like all, all really kind of, really kind of cool spaces. Um, so that's, that's, that's how it starts for me is I, mm-hmm. I, I immediately think where, do I want to photograph this
0: location first location first. Okay.
1: And, and mind you, and and again, this goes back to, if a model reaches out to me, I will immediately look at their portfolio and I can glean two things from their portfolio. One, I can glean what it is that they're interested in in terms of, of how they look because a model says a lot by the stuff that they post on, on, on their, on their portfolio. Right. They they are saying what they think is good of them, and and what kind of things interest them. So you can get a sense of like what sort of fetishy things they're into, mm-hmm. what sort of more boudoirish things they're into, and erotica things they're into, and so on. You know those who are looking to um, hide their wrinkles or folds, and those who are actually looking to accentuate them. Right. Like for example, Sophia Rose, like she is a BBW model. Her folds are part of her brand. So it's not about making her not look like a BBW model. It is about making her to look like a epic BBW model. The goddess model. that
0: she is. I exactly. love that
1: yeah. <laughs> um, So, So that's the first piece, right? You glean that. But then uh-huh. also I, I look for, well, what is their portfolio missing? What mm-hmm. can I do that hasn't yet been done? And if I can't answer both of those questions, mm-hmm. I usually won't work with a model to begin with.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, and and not because I'm like, oh, this person's, you know, I'm out of this person's league. It's not that. Mm-hmm. It's that I don't think I can do something for this person okay. that will benefit them. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, I don't do any of this for monetary gain. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, of course, yes, I, I am monetarily rewarded for the work that I do, right. and that is great because it allows me to continue doing it, mm-hmm. but money is never a thought in my mind when I am trying to figure out if something creatively will work. Gotcha. If it won't creatively work, I will not take the money no matter how much they offer. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, Maybe there is a threshold, but <laughs> they haven't reached it yet. Um, but if someone obviously captures me creatively, Mm I will work with them for free. Right. You know, I mean, it's about the, it's about chasing that. Mm -hmm. I'm not a hustler. I'm, I I don't hustle, you know, to try to make as much money as I can because I don't need to. And that's where I want it. Because uh, in fact, in fact, I'll, t- I'll tell you this story again. Coming up to the pandemic, I was actually mm-hmm. in in this place where I'm like, do I want to do this anymore? Do I want to? Gotcha. And the reason why was because I was getting a lot of work, but it was all very much make me look pretty for my website work.
0: Gotcha.
1: And it got boring again. ADHD. Mm-hmm. It got boring to me almost immediately, mm-hmm. like when a 40-year-old model wanted me to make them look 25. Gosh. You know, as opposed to a, a 45-year-old model or 40-year-old model mm-hmm. wanting to make them look a spectacular 40.
0: Right. Because that's how I right. think about it. And
1: again, you know, like going back literally to, the, to, to, the, to the, uh, the point of your podcast, which is really about older creators, right? I mean, we don't have youth to fall back on. All we have is what we have. Right. And so that's always what I'm looking for in other people. And if all you have is youth, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I can't do that. I can't. And if all you're doing is chasing youth, I can't do that either. I will make a 40-year-old model look like a spectacular 40-year-old model. I will make a 55-year-old model look like a spectacular 55-year-old model. But they will be 55 in my mind. As I'm taking the photo of mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. And because, and I, this is sort of a mantra of mine people too often mistake youth for beauty.
0: Absolutely. And the fact
1: is that the more stories we have to tell with our bodies, the more beautiful we are.
0: Thank you. Thank yes. you. That is exactly <laughs> why I have this podcast and why I entered this business at age 53.
1: Well, it's also why I'm literally looking at the screen right now thinking, this is a deeply sexy woman. (laughs) Oh. I don't know. I'm not just blowing smoke. Like, I'm serious. Like You're going to make me blush. No. We are going to do a photo shoot together.
0: I know. it's not going to cost
1: you a penny. It's not going to cost me a penny. We are going to do it because, oh, my God, I want to take photographs of you. That's I know. We'll I have
0: to figure that out. That's why I was asking you before we started recording, like, are you going to LA this summer?
1: <laughs> I'm not going to LA. I'm not going to Miami, uh, Exotica.
0: New Jersey. Are you going to New Jersey? I am
1: going to New Jersey. Um, See- in fact, um, I'm sort of, well, I don't want to hold him to this. So, so uh, take this with a grain of salt. Why not, Jay? Uh, will be visiting me in Philadelphia before the New Jersey Exotica. So basically he and I are going to be traveling to Exotica together, but he's going to spend some time because he has, I I don't know if you know this about him, but he has this thing where every Exotica he goes to, he will come a couple days early, you know, go into the city, go to, go to museums, go to, like, and we'll bring people along with him and like, Mm we'll have these really nice little sort of, you know.
0: Yeah. That's what we do. We we always stay two days later. Everywhere we go, we stay after.
1: There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Um, And so uh, he's uh, for the first time, because usually he goes to New York, but this time he's coming to New Jersey. So I have have promised him an itinerary when he comes.
0: That's Um, perfect. Anyway,
1: Jay, Jay, why not Jay? I mean, you know, you and I don't have to unpack this because we both agree just one of the, mo- one of the hugest mentions in the entire adult industry. Yes. I love it.
0: Yes. Likewise. Likewise. Let me see. What was I going to, my, my ADD took off. I was so captivated by your story and then you threw me off with those endearing words here. So, uh, what is the biggest challenge you're facing in your adult
1: right. creation
0: business right now?
1: For me, it's sort of a continuation of of the, um, the the crisis the crisis of conscience that I ran into at the beginning of the pandemic, which was I don't want to do this anymore if it's all just boudoir images of women with high heels that have somehow got caught behind their thong and they're pulling them out you know along their back and you know mm-hmm. <laughs> just basically doing the same, photographs over and over and over again. And I'm still in that place with my photography Mm -hmm. Mm specific, because obviously that's my biggest strength within, within the adult world. And so two things happened. One was I, I basically decided that if I'm going to do photo shoots, they're going to be photo shoots for me, for my creative Process. So, for example, at uh, the Exotica in um, Chicago, I only did two photo shoots. One of them was a group BBW photo shoot of, I think, eight BBW models in a giant puppy pile. And I just did this whole shoot mm-hmm. in black and white. And I, I've started to begin posting the images on Twitter. I haven't yet posted them anywhere else. Where it's just all of them. And I just want, I just, I just wanted in my head, I had, I literally had this dream mm-hmm. where I was taking a picture of a public pile of women, of naked women. Mm-hmm. You know, just all limbs and and things. And so I expressed that on Twitter. And then of course all my friends started feeding back. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Right.
0: That's and awesome. So many
1: people volunteered. And so many of them were BBW or curvy models Mm -hmm. that I thought to myself, my God, I'm going to do two shoots. I'm going to do one that is all curvy and BBW models, right? Mm -hmm. Just that entire thing. Because when we talk queerness, Right. Mm-hmm. We can talk queerness in terms of sexuality. Is someone gay? Is someone lesbian? Is someone bi? Is someone this? Is someone that? Mm-hmm. We can talk about gender. Is someone trans? Is someone non-binary? Is someone this? Is someone that? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's also sort of the, ex- the sexual expression queerness, which is like BDSM and fetishes and, and other forms of sort of non-traditional expressions yes. of, of, of sexuality and and body type being one of those sort of queer queer approaches and one of the things that i have really just become enamored by in the last god like easily seven years has Mm -hmm. been sort of the explosion of alternative bodies Mm -hmm. uh in terms of modeling especially the bbw world um obviously sophia rose was my entry into that she was the first BBW BBW model I ever worked with. But like the moment I worked with her, it was just like <sighs> that was a door kicked open. And shooting with all of these BBW models was mm-hmm. just one of my most incredible memories as being a photographer. You know? And they were all just so available and there mm-hmm. and into it and so on. And then I did another shoot because again I got so many responses that right. was an all model shoot. Um, and I'm so sad we didn't meet before, I know. before I did meet you because I absolutely would have dragged you to this <laughs> shoot. Um, it, it, you know, and so it was all body types. It was mm-hmm. all body types. It was all ages. I tried to keep it like diverse eth- ethnically yes. as well. You know, I didn't get any any sort of Pan-Asian models in there, but next time. Yes. Um, so anyway, my whole point is that I'm now chasing these very specific ideas that are in my head. And if it's not specifically something that I'm like, then I'm not probably going to chase it. So I did those two photo shoots at Exotica <laughs> Chicago. My Right now, my thinking is for Edison, <laughs> I want to do nothing but portraits. Oh, because portraiture has become one of my secret loves. Mm-hmm. And when I say portraiture, I don't mean like, you know, corporate portraiture or senior right. photos.
0: <laughs> Headshots.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, like alternative portraiture, like stuff that really kind of takes the environment into 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 uh, account, takes that person's true self into account. huh you know, where you're really capturing that person's persona beyond what they're performatively putting out there. Right. Right. So using things like light and shadow, which is, you know, uh, you know, if you've looked at my website at all, you know, that one of my passions is light and shadow. I like, see.
0: A lo- I saw a lot of that. Yes. And it's so seductive.
1: Yes. You know, like what you aren't seeing matters, yes. and what you aren't, what you are seeing may not matter. You know, it's just a really creatively interesting area for me, and um, I know I'm talking in circles right now, so I apologize. It's okay. But, um, yeah. So that's I don't
0: know. that's fascinating. I know. Okay. Well, I'm gonna do everything I can to come to New Jersey. I'm hoping I have a platform that that sponsors me to go. So I want at the top of the list. <laughs>
1: you, you know you're already at the top of the list. Stop that. You just need to show up. And I will do absolutely a photo shoot with you. And it will be a photo shoot that is very specific to you. Because that's, otherwise, cool. I don't care. Right. right. I need to to have an understanding of what I need to capture of the person in order for me to be interested to begin with. Um, and then also we may shoot some video together.
0: Well, and you I'm just, really looking
1: forward to that because that's the thing that's really blossoming for me right now.
0: You just led into my next question. We must be on the same wavelength. So yes. yeah, I heard that you also shoot adult content as a performer. I I Tell do, me yes. about that because of course, you know, I, had already put you on my list when we were at Chicago. Had well, we- I mean,
1: here's the interesting thing. I, I have to tell this story because it's really great. Yes, I um, want to know so how you got into this. I well, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell that story in a moment. I'm gonna tell this story first, which is I was at Chicago Exotica. I was at one of the after parties. Mm-hmm. I had just arrived. Um, I walked in. Some guy made eye contact with me and made it seem like he wanted to talk to me so i went up and i got a drink and i sat down with him and started talking to him turns out he's some gangbang organizer whatever again great i love meeting people yes no problem but then um our mutual friend Gerald from Quick and Dirty Media mm-hmm, mm-hmm. came up to me and said hey i'm i'm sitting over here with uh Ruby Lynn and Beth McKenna and and her wife Olivia And they just asked me who you were. And, you know, I told them that I worked with you and they want to meet you. I'm like, all right, great. You know, so I went up and got another drink, came over. And that's when I first met you. And I met Beth at the same time. And Mm -hmm. I met her wife, Olivia. Yeah, they're
0: amazing.
1: Lovely. And, of course, your husband as well. Yeah, Um, I immediately was like, oh, yeah, no, these are my people. Yeah. Because so... Again, circling back to how did I get into this? Um, It started almost by mistake. I mean, obviously, I am a cis white man. Since the age of 15, I have fantasized about being in a porno, right? We've all met those men. I was one of them once, too.
0: I think all guys and, you know, some of us girls.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. And then, you know, and then you kind of move on with your lives and you become adults and you create families and you do all the things, you know, as I explained earlier, I've always been very interested in sex in all its forms Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. never been ashamed about those interests. And so when I came back to photography, the idea of videography was never, far behind, Mm -hmm. but I never thought in full terms of me being a performer because, you know, I was at the time in my forties, you know, a a doughy middle-aged white guy, you know, (laughs) not like a shaved cat, which you see in all your mainstream porn and all of that stuff. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, you know, like, Oh, look, I have, I have, I have the, the tribal, uh, armband tattoo and, no hair on my body Um, (laughs) and let's have sex. Um, So like that part of it, I never thought, oh, that's me. Mm -hmm. But again, once I got into back into, you know, when I really kind of came into the industry and Mm -hmm. started working through photography and talking to models, talking to content creators, talking to performers, um, it got me thinking about like, what can I contribute? And obviously I can never contribute the type of stuff that the mainstream porn world does. Right. It's again, youth. It is, you know, very clear and clean bodies. It is all about, you know, it's, it's a very specific thing. And again, no criticism of that. It is needed. Right. Because let's be honest, what is the primary purpose of porn to jerk off, to get off to, right? Right and if you're getting off to it the vast majority of people who are getting off to porn just want something really basic, simple. There it is. Yep. Boom. <laughs> Done. But then there are the weirdos. There are the there there are the, you know, the band nerds and and theater geeks and all the different people who kind of came up and and sort of became aware of their own sexuality in 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 more complicated ways.
0: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Mhm.
1: And there, I felt I could contribute something. Um, (laughs) Yeah. At first, it really became like, you know, like people I was shooting with. Hey, I need a cock for this shoot. Would you be willing to do A, B, and C? Yes. Fine. Um, But then I started thinking about, oh, well, like, if I actually want to start creating my own stuff, what would it look like? And it's been a little bit of an exploration. I'll be Honest and with a certain amount of failure. But I tried a bunch of things and they didn't ever seem to really fit for me. Okay. Until I came upon like I started asking myself hard questions like, mm-hmm. David, what is it that you can give that you believe in, right? Because the ADHD is is a The problem with ADHD is that if it isn't something that is genuinely interesting, it's like a vapor. But if it is genuinely interesting, you can actually really bore in on it and, and begin to think about it and focus on it. And for me, it went back to that thing I was talking about earlier, which was like really loving women and sexually loving women, but also not wanting to like I I wanted to do things that were about highlighting strength in women's sexuality as opposed to my sexuality, because Mm -hmm. that was all over the internet. Like there is so much content out there for David, right. For me to go, Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, But I wanted, I wanted to create stuff, that not so much that, Oh, this is for this person, but this is meaningful to me. So even, like, when I started shooting, like, if it was a simple blowjob video, like a, a POV blowjob video, I didn't want to do a blowjob video where where the man was the dominant role in that.
0: Right, right. It was
1: going to be a BJ video. I wanted it to be a cock worship. I wanted it to be, like, the woman is, like, wanting this
0: right is into it
1: exactly and you know, enjoying I don't it. Yes. I don't I don't ever like to shoot stuff where the woman is a passive element in that scene be it photography or videography mm-hmm. or even stuff that I'm involved in directly mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that you know so it started there and it's in that's very easy pov bum, 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 bum and then i started thinking more along the lines of well what is it that i can bring to the actual content world mm-hmm. beyond what i'm doing myself mm-hmm. and it really like was well you know i do throw off a little bit of a uh, sensual daddy dom mm-hmm. kind of thing especially when i have my beard And so I started leaning into that a little bit and, you know, and so that's sort of been my latest thing. And yeah, so anyway, my whole point is, what was my point?
0: (laughs) Well, where are you posting? Do you have OnlyFans or? Um,
1: I do not have only, I have an account on OnlyFans. I do not provide content on OnlyFans simply because I don't trust OnlyFans. Okay. As a really non-platform performer, uh-huh. like I'm more of a content creator than I am a brand. Okay. So it just didn't, never made sense for me. Like I would never be able to track people on OnlyFans. I don't expect to ever have a fan base. Okay. Like, outside of the industry itself,
0: so I, I work disagree. with people who you, do you have will. fan bases. Right. You, will, you you would build a fan base. Yes. Oh,
1: thank you yes. so much. Appreciate that, Ruby. So I've mostly. Been focusing on other people's brands and trying to align with that. So for example, Lexi Fox, who I uh, worked with at at Chicago Exotica, Mm -hmm. you know, she has sort of a mommy, a sort of mommy dom kind of thing going on. So we did a couple of shoots that -hmm. were entirely about her, like, and that was the POV camera. And we had a great time. Uh-huh. Um, I love that kind of stuff. I love doing stuff for other people f- to help them with with what they're trying to achieve as well. And that's the other thing about this is because I am fully monetized in my day job, right? You know, I am absolutely open to helping other people. Yeah, like you want me to be a, a, a just to hold, right? You know, a, a video camera while you do shit. I'll do it. I'll yeah. do it.
0: What I love nope. about creators like you, who are older, you're a real person, and I know for my brand, I it's funny because my personal brand is I kind of have two sides. I have the the stepmom, right? You know the mommy dom, um, and then I also have the I shoot with real people. Mm-hmm. You know I I've sh- you know I've shot with some beautiful men who are young. Gorgeous, gorgeous! One of the best
1: guys in the industry. I was so happy when he shot that scene with you.
0: But I also love to highlight real, sexy, attractive men of all ages who aren't perfect, hairless. <laughs> you know, and and don't get me wrong, I will I've never shot be with hairless, some.
1: Can you tell?
0: I've shot with some gorgeous young men, you know, but. But that's for my stepmom, mommy, dom brand, right, you know? right?
1: exactly. Yeah, you're 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 shooting for audiences, and they have diverse interests. And I learned this from book publishing, mm-hmm. right? You know, you are you're not creating a thing for everyone. You're creating a thing for these people, and this is right. for these people, and this right. is for these people. Yeah, absolutely. And I,
0: I feel really fortunate that I've been able to carve out almost two niches that mm-hmm. are completely opposite. Right. And there's. I feel like there's not very many people that can do that. And so, you know, for that, I'm kind of pat myself on the back sometimes. So tell me then, um, I want to know about a time where something didn't go right. What was your biggest failure? Because you kind of hinted to something earlier. So we'll kind of wrap this up. But I want to hear what, yeah. what, what did you learn from it?
1: Well, oh my God. So actually, the, I think the story I'm going to tell it does not reference back to anything I've said prior to this.
0: Okay. <laughs> but I will,
1: I will tell this story anyway, because it was so horrifying. So literally, the first exotica that I'd ever agreed to attend as a, an exhibitor. like I, was, I, I, I had a double booth space. For free. Wow. All my images. I shipped all this stuff. It was in Denver, wow. Colorado, of all places. Oh. I shipped all this stuff out to Denver, Colorado, got it in my hotel room, set it all up and everything like that. On top of that, now this is hubris if you've ever heard it. Like, this is like naivete early in the world. Mistakes. I thought, oh, I'm going to Denver. I should absolutely, one, reserve a photography studio. Oh. And two, book as many photo shoots as I can while I'm out there. Well, the photo shoots went great. Fantastically. I did four photo shoots at this photo studio in Denver, Colorado, that were epic. During the fourth shoot of that fourth shoot day, I accidentally deleted all of the images from the previous photo shoot.
0: Oh, no. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I had to scramble to set up a second photo shoot with this sex worker who had hired me. This was not a, like, hey, let's work together. This right, was right. a full service sex worker who was like, I'm paying you to get these <laughs> images of me. And I deleted every single image.
0: I bet you beat yourself up. Oh, so oh badly.
1: I I was ready to just like get on a plane and leave town.
0: Right, <laughs> disappear. Um,
1: it was awful, oh. and so remarkably, she allowed me to set up a second shoot with her mm-hmm. at her her space where she entertains. And then I also didn't shot with another model as well who I had shot with previously. So it, it turned out really well. But that that memory of that moment of being like, Ugh, I am so hypervigilant about backing everything up and trying to get people, even if it's raw images, like here are the raw images. Don't do anything with them, but here they are. Right, <laughs> like. I need to make sure that I don't destroy whatever I create.
0: Oh, yeah. And,
1: and just circling back onto the, onto the videography stuff, you know, I'm still very much in the uh, in the learning phase of that. Like where I was like eight years ago with photography, that's where I am now with my videography. So there's a lot of videos that I've shot that have never made it to the public because I'm just like, I can't do it. But I learned a lot, and I'm going to call out a name now. Lily Craven Mm -hmm. has been such a fantastic sort of uh, guidance for me in how to think about shooting video, how to capture things Mm -hmm. and so on. So I want to call out her name because she's been a really good ally in that regard. That's
0: awesome. That's Um, awesome.
1: You know, so I'm getting better. And, and then of course, Gerald has, has given me tips as well. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like my content is like, I'm finally like in a, in a pocket where I'm like, all right, I know what I'm going to do next.
0: Yeah. So awesome. To
1: announce at Edison, I do plan on, hopefully I want to do a series of portraitures. That's my thing. For That's great. I will shoot video content. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've talked about that a little bit. I'm absolutely going to be doing, you know, uh, a full sort of barrage of doing video content. But as far as photography, Mm -hmm. all I'm doing is going to be portraiture. And I want to get as many different performers in portrait mode as I can. Awesome. That would be so fun, including you.
0: Oh, that's amazing so i want to wrap it up and thank you wow i just have loved i could just talk to you for hours i'm like oh gosh i guess we better wrap this up but you talk a lot you have so many sides of you you know that i just feel like you're brilliant i mean the the photography the writing wow i'm i'm just so impressed You said
1: writing for a second i'm like yeah
0: Right. Riding or riding, riding. right? The i, I riding. I'm like, I- all right. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, we could ride. Like good- we could ride and then write about it. We could do that.
1: That's true. <laughs> Let's do that in but, real time. I'll be like, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be uh, like journaling while you're there. riding me.
0: <laughs> That'll be an interesting scene, but um, so tell people where they can find you. How can they get a hold of you yeah. to book you?
1: Social media, first of all, the easiest place or the place where I am most active is on Twitter, um, and that is at Angry Pony Photo uh, on Twitter. Uh, same for Instagram, though I am. That's a little bit sort of more of a meld between personal and public. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, photography and that is also angry pony photo on instagram um and then finally um, the thing that i will say is my website is www wait for it angry and then i and then most of my videos can be found on uh, many vids Right now, I am still working on getting them on a couple of other platforms, including Clips for Sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, but things are a little bit more complicated as far as, like, you know, getting them to approve stuff and so on.
0: Uh, yes, I know that feeling. So, And it's time-consuming to upload to all these sites. It really you. is.
1: And, and, and look, you know, Gerald has offered me the opportunity to just let him do all that for me, and I might take him up on
0: yeah, it. that's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to chat with me and um I can't Can I wait to you work how with you.
1: And sexy you are though. <laughs> Seriously. Come on.
0: Well, you know I have a thing for gray beard, so that's what, you know. Well, it's I, literally my name, right? I, my performing
1: name is Graybeard.
0: Well, there you go. I think we I think I need a whole bunch of gray beards and shoot maybe that gangbang scene will come to life. <laughs>
1: I would both like to be involved in that and also to shoot it.
0: <laughs> so maybe that that's that's a scene idea that we could run with. But Absolutely. thank you so much again and I hope to see you in New Jersey for sure.
1: You will definitely see me in New Jersey if you are there.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Thanks again, David.
1: Thank you so much, Ruby. I really really appreciate it.